Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Saturday Scout Scouting Combine. I'm Hussam Patel. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And here's my partner, Brandon. Brandon, how was your Thanksgiving, bud? How was your Thanksgiving, man? Uh, mine was well. Uh, spending family, uh, NFL football, saw the Houston Texans dominate the Detroit Lions, and uh, Matt Patricia getting fired about two and a half, three hours ago, and then the Washington football team dominating the Dallas Cowboys. But college football I spent yesterday. I'm currently watching Alabama torch, torturing Auburn 42 to 13, but all is well on, on my end. That's good. All is well ends well. And I do know Alabama is absolutely, absolutely destroying Auburn in the Iron Bowl right now. And another game to watch out for right now is Mississippi State and Northwestern. Currently, it's towards the end of the fourth quarter, tied 20 to 20. And Northwestern right now is, I believe, they are ranked number eight in the college football playoff uh, standing. So if Michigan State does pull off that upset, you're going to see a Big, big shake. And along with that, last week, we saw a great slate of games, especially against Ohio State and Indiana. You've heard me say this so many times. Indiana is the biggest surprise this season in the Big Ten, and they had a chance to pull off a win against Ohio State. Brennan, tell me, man, what did you see from Justin Fields and Ohio State against that, Indi against that Indiana defense? It was the first time in – probably ever that we saw Justin Fields having a, I guess you can say a poor outing. You, there really isn't many outings in Justin Fields' college career where he throws multiple inter, interceptions. And you and I talked about it on our last show, how Indiana just being ranked number nine at that time last week was just unbelievable. I mean, I, again, I don't remember Indiana cracking the top 25 at all. I know uh, in, Indiana took care of business this afternoon against Tua Tonavailoa's younger brother, uh, but I believe their starting quarterback did have an, have an injury later on. I believe it was mid-third quarter when he got hurt. I'm not really sure as to the extent of the injury and how much, if any, period of time he will miss. But, yeah, I mean, last week we saw Ohio State just how dominant they are. They were supposed to play Illinois this afternoon, but that game didn't postpone. I'm wondering, with Ohio State being ranked number four, and you can, you can offer your thoughts on this, do you think it has any effects on the on their college football playoff ranking because we saw Florida win today and they're ranked number six. Remind me again, who's number, who's, who's ranked number five in the college. Right now, number five is Texas A&M and yeah. they're about to square off against um, LSU and LSU right. is a completely new team from last year. And I expect right. Texas A&M to win this game. I don't expect Texas A&M and Florida to change any rankings yet. And as I said, um, Ohio state Twitter was going off the rails last week, even though they won against Indiana and they dropped down to number four. You got yeah, the college football playoff selection committee has to give some credit to Indiana of how they're playing this season and how they almost pulled off an upset against Ohio State. Right now, I believe Indiana is ranked number 12. It's a little bit lower than Northwestern, and Northwestern is currently in a tie with Michigan State. I think Indiana is top 10 worthy, especially their defense, as they picked up Talia Tungavailoa twice today, and they limited them to, I believe, three three and outs towards the beginning of the first half. Um, that defense is rock solid, and they gave Justin Fields problems all day um, last Saturday. And 
I believe Indiana could win this Big Ten, this Big Ten title against Ohio State in the upcoming um, in the upcoming weeks. See, well, first of all, well, I mean, in my personal opinion, if Northwestern hangs on against Michigan State, I think Ohio State and and Northwestern should meet, which would be a very in- interesting game because Northwestern is one of those teams where, again, I do not remember Northwestern being this good, top 10 worthy good. But I just think at the end of the day, and, and I know I think last night it was the news was put out that Ohio State head coach Ryan Day was tested positive for COVID-19. So wishing him a, 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 a speedy recovery because Ohio State can certainly use him as their head coach. I still think Ohio State, no matter who they play in the uh, Big Ten Championship, they should run away with this thing. I mean, I like Ohio State in the uh, Big Ten. Probably the SEC Championship's going to be Florida, Alabama. If Florida can somehow, some way knock off Alabama, certainly number one, it would definitely be an, up, an, an upset. But if you just want to flip it real quick to the college football playoff side, I know the debut rankings came out this past Tuesday night. We saw Alabama number one, Clemson, excuse me, Notre Dame number two, Clemson number three, and then Ohio State rounded off the final slot at number four. Were you surprised at any of the four rankings? I know you had, you had, you had mentioned that I wasn't going to be a bit happy being that Florida was outside the first two out. But give me your your overall thoughts. I know you're not happy with Florida being the first two out, and they do have a chance of possibly getting into one of the New Year's Six Bowls. Um, There was a little mismatch in my rankings originally. I had Alabama as number one, Notre Dame number two, Ohio State number three, and Clemson as number four. However, it shifted as Clemson is number three and Ohio State is number four. Alabama, we know who they are year in and year out. They do the same thing. Good offense, good defense, a Hall of Fame coach in Nick Saban. They're going to get this done. Uh, Notre Dame is a little not too surprising, but ever since uh, Trevor Lawrence did get hurt, they did manage to pull off that upset win against Clemson, which helps them in their rankings. And we could possibly see another ACC a uh, rematch of Notre Dame and Clemson in this ACC championship game. And I think possibly if Florida does do well against Alabama, even if they don't win, they could, they could possibly sneak into the top four um, in this uh, Ohio State, as we mentioned earlier on. They almost lost against Indiana, but came off that win. And I believe, again, the rankings are going to shift a little bit this upcoming next Tuesday. Uh, Texas A&M is above Florida right now because they beat Florida already. Jimbo Fisher has done one hell of a job um, with Texas A&M, and he did a great job with Florida State as well. Cincinnati is in the AAC. Um, It's not one of the big main Power 5 conferences that we know of. However, the AAC is very competitive, and Cincinnati has done this for the past two to three years, absolutely dominating their competition. And I would like to see them um, in a New Year's Six Bowl to see what they're actually made of, maybe a Texas A&M and Cincinnati uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Um, we could possibly see. And, Brandon, uh, I want to get your thoughts on towards um, the lower end of the college football playoff rankings. I want to know what are some of your biggest surprises you've seen um, with this uh, rankings list? Honestly, having Iowa in, in there kind of it 
kind of surprised me a bit. Uh, having Coastal, Car- Coastal Carolina even cracking the top 25. I mean, I believe Coastal Carolina is a baseball school. And I know with them having an undefeated record, their conference isn't really that strong compared to obviously all the power five. But some of like the lower bottom teams, seeing Iowa there with, with two losses kind of surprised me. Seeing Coastal Carolina even in there at all. Um, there wasn't really, besides that, there weren't really any, I, I, I do believe all 25 teams that, that select that secured a spot in the college football playoff rankings, they definitely earned it. I mean, I was looking at some of the games that they played with all 25 teams and each team honestly had a big victory. I mean, Coastal Carolina, you can honestly subtract them out, but I believe because they have an undefeated record, the college football playoff committee wanted to probably give them an opportunity. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I mean, in my honest opinion, I haven't seen Coastal Carolina play at all. Probably won't because I don't see them securing a New Year's Six Bowl or even if they did play, let's say, Cincinnati, Texas A&M, even UCF, I don't see them really standing a chance against any of those bitter type schools. But there wasn't really like a surprise to me in regards to what specific team. I mean, my biggest surprise was seeing Northwestern at number eight, but I've seen the way that they've played. I mean, the way they shut down Wisconsin about a week and a half ago, they, they, just, they just play with, oh, with, with toughness, with grit. And, you know, any, any, anyone, and we say it all the time, anyone can win on any given Sunday in the NFL. Well, any team can win on any given Saturday, too. That is true. And I'm surprised you didn't say Texas being ranked as well. Um, we've seen Texas this year, especially with Sam Ellinger, have choppy performances. And today they had a choppy performance too. And Texas celebrated a little bit early on with that 58-yard field goal, thinking they'd make it, but essentially they miss. And Texas is going to tank. They're going to tank. Year in and year out, they say, oh, Texas is back. Texas is back. Texas is back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Longhorn Longhorn fans. Texas is not back. Texas is not back, and it's going to take them still a little bit more time. Tom Herman is developing. He's still developing this program, and Sam Ellinger is going to be declaring for the draft. So they're going to need another quarterback, more wide receivers, a better defense in the Big 12 to compete. And Iowa State is going to win this, um, the Big 12 uh, division where they stand right now. It's going to be in Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Big 12 championship game. And Oklahoma right now is ranked number 11, and Miami cracked the top 10. We've seen a lot of these games get canceled as a result of COVID-19 for players and coaches. And, you know, to the sports world and to everybody out there who has caught COVID-19, we give you our prayers, and you guys are in our prayers to um, get rid of COVID-19 and be better. You guys are in our thoughts and prayers. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention was Tulsa. Tulsa cracked. They're right now ranked number 25. And honestly, I would have liked to see Liberty at that 25 position. They've done well. And they just, they lost heartbreakingly, heartbreakingly 15 to 14 against North Carolina State uh, last Saturday. So I was a little bit disappointed. And the surprise of the week was last night's game, Oregon versus Oregon State. Um, that was, I was at a pizza. I was at a local pizza restaurant over in Parkland, Florida, watching that game, and I saw it was a back and forth game. 
Oregon jumped out to a quick seven nothing lead. Oregon State came back. I mean, that's just a that's just a typical Pac Pac twelve battle there. But the Oregon, I did not think the Oregon State Beavers were going to knock off the or the Oregon Ducks, but it just shows you that with tough with with tough play, hey, any team can knock off and anybody in this league. But I just quickly want to jump on your thoughts on BYU, ranked number fourteen. I saw uh. It was funny. I was watching college game day this morning, and, and I know obviously everything is virtual now with, with COVID-19 and, and all that. There were some signs, though, today that's saying why you hated us with the actual BYU logo. Do you honestly see or do you honestly believe that BYU deserves a spot, whether it's in a New Year's Six Bowl or even the top four, which in my opinion, I don't see them cracking the top four, being that they're 10 – spots away from even securing the final spot what are your thoughts on BYU because I know they're a perfect nine nine and zero, and they just want their overall respect so what are your thoughts on BYU being number 14 well let me tell you this I don't think anybody expected this to happen um it's 2020 expect the unexpected I guess now that's what you can say um I did listen to um, ESPN's Chris Falk say on uh, college game day um this morning about their CFP ranking um, as obviously, we were all shocked that BYU is 14. You know, they're in an independent conference. They're in an independent team. And their their opponent quality is not on par with the Big 12, with the SEC, with the ACC, with the top four teams, with the top 10 teams. The committee is more so looking at their schedule regard, regardless of their on-field performance. And that takes a factor into it. I just don't think BYU is even going to crack the top 10 based on their schedule regardless. Now, let me ask you this question. So the top four teams, obviously, we know Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and and Ohio State. Alabama winning today, Notre Dame winning yesterday over UNC, and Clemson winning easily over the Pittsburgh Panthers this afternoon. Out of those four teams, which team do you see losing first? And why? Um, a team I could see possibly losing first out of those top four. And quote me on this. I've said it multiple times. I think it's going to be Ohio State in that championship game against Indiana. Indiana has the tools they need to win against Ohio State. And we saw it last week. Um, if Phoenix comes back from injury, they had Ty Freifogel. I think he's the only wide receiver in – the, in Big Ten's history to have consecutive 200-yard games. Yeah, I believe so. I, I believe so. And they have another wide receiver, uh, Watt Fillier, who's also draft eligible, and he's been doing well. Um, and also, it's also about the Indiana's defense, especially their tenured and uh, veteran-based secondary. They have the 14th most picks. Uh, they have 14 picks. Um, by their secondary and by their defense, and I believe that's ranked as the top two in of all Power Five teams. Um, that's a recipe for success. They also would have to need to stop Master Teague in Ohio State's run game if they want a shot to win this championship game against Ohio State. And it's going to be up to Justin Fields to lead this team. I know performance-wise on the stat sheet, it looked like an okay, decent game. But in the first half, it did not look pretty against Indiana. 
And it's going to be a matchup nightmare if Indiana if Indiana cannot stop Justin Fields in that championship game. I think Justin Fields, I mean, and he even knows it himself, throwing multiple interceptions against a conference opponent, it's, ob- it's obviously frustrating. But like I had mentioned last week, scoring as many points as Ohio State did last week, and I believe they cracked the, the, uh, the 40s. I mean, it just shows you how Justin Fields and how dominant Justin Fields can be at the cornerback spot. I was, I was excited to watch Ohio State play against Illinois today because I honestly saw an absolute beatdown coming. I wanted to see just how Justin Fields would respond against a much lower, a much weaker conference of, of opponent in the uh, Big Ten. But obviously with that game getting postponed due to COVID-19, Ohio State will have to wait another week before they can hit the, the playing surface again. But I'm, in, I'm interested to see how this – the second rankings come out this upcoming Tuesday night. I really and I'm definitely in a uh, agreement on to your point that I don't really see the top six, seven spots really moving. You know, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State that should stay put. If Texas A&M obviously falls tonight to LSU, if LSU pulls off a major upset on the road, then Florida then would probably move one spot ahead to number five, and it will be interesting to see where Texas A&M drops if they fall tonight. I don't see it happening, but it's just amazing how one year later we're sitting here talking about how Texas A&M is a double-digit favorite against LSU, who secured the national championship this past January. I know they had an entire roster turnover, and credit and uh, credit to LSU's coaching staff and Ed Orgeron. They developed their players very well, and they were all NFL draft ready. And that's what we would like to see um, as fans of the Dolphins, players who are draft ready. And I would like to talk about two players. Um, first one is Oregon State's running back, Jamar Jefferson. What a game he had. Over 200 yards, 20 carries, and two touchdowns. And since he's in the Pac-12, he doesn't get that big of a recognition as they play usually after dark since we're on the East Coast. And most Dolphins fans are on the East Coast. But keep an eye out for him now. He might not be a first, second, or third-round selection, but more so towards the back end of the draft, um, the fourth and seventh rounds. That's usually where gem running backs are taken. And as we say, running backs come a dime a dozen, and the Dolphins really need these running backs. Another player, um, as I highlighted uh, before in our previous Saturday Scouting Combine podcast, Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave. Now, Chris Olave's wide receiver coach is former Miami Dolphins wide receiver Brian Hartline, and he's done a great job developing these Ohio State wide receivers. Michael Thomas, to name one, K.J. Hill, Paris Campbell, and scary Terry McLaurin, who we saw absolutely destroy the Cowboys um, on Thanksgiving game. Uh, So, Dolphins fans, check out my article on Chris Olave. It's up on Finn Maniacs, and I hope you guys enjoyed that article. And on to the Dolphins. Brandon, there seems to be in the media and among Dolphins fans a quarterback controversy brewing in Miami. I call it a farce. Some people say, oh, my God, why did we pick Tua? We could have picked up Herbert. Why did we bench Tua? Let Fitz play the entire season. Um... Could you give us a little bit of solace? Could you give us your input of what's going to happen in the next couple games? For those of you who really do not know, do you remember when Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre 
and Patrick Mahomes backed up Alex Smith. Well, we're seeing how those two careers turned out. Listen, it's been – I'm not going to sit here and, and talk all that nonsense. Oh, the Dolphins should have drafted Justin Herbert with the fifth overall pick, but the L.A. Chargers took Herbert a pick after the, the, um, the uh, Miami Dolphins. It's one poor start. We can sit here all night and discuss. Yes, Brian Flores did pull Tua because he was trailing by double digits for the first time in his brief, and I mean brief, NFL career. It's literally been four starts. If you date back to his debut week eight versus the Los Angeles Rams. Listen, I'm not even I, – I, I honestly – I haven't really been ad, active on, on Twitter throughout the week because of Thanksgiving and I've been spending time with family. But I've been keeping close attention. I have all my notifications turned on. So it's just been kind of comical to me, really, what, what a lot of people have been saying. Um, and speaking of, too, I know he's been downgraded now to doubtful for tomorrow afternoon against the winless New York Jets, the 0-10 New York Jets. I, I, I love saying that. You can't, you can't really go into a game – against the New York Jets or any opponent, if they haven't won a game, which, by the way, I'm looking at the, the TV right now, just to interrupt for a moment, and Michigan State just drilled a field goal to take a 23-20 lead with under four minutes left. So, like, oh boy, said, this is pretty much the last offensive possession for Northwestern, and we'll see how it ends up playing out. But, yeah, back to the Tua Tonavailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick conversation. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's already used to this Jets team. He was a former New York Jet throughout his long journeyman NFL career. I have, I have no worries. I, I put out a post on my, on my Instagram story that whoever the quarterback is tomorrow and it's looking like it will be Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins should comfortably win tomorrow. I know Jason and I had mentioned it on our podcast yesterday. We both predicted, I believe, double-digit wins for our Dolphins. So we'll see how it all plays out. But listen, to get into this conversation of whether Tua Tonavailoa is a bust, I mean, you have to just go in recent memory to remember two – well, one, really two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks because look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I mean, he's tearing apart the league. He earned a $500 million contract. Aaron Rodgers has proven, despite his age, he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks in our era, and we're able to see him on Sunday Night Football tomorrow night against the Chicago Bears. But I'm not really worried about all this, oh, we shouldn't have drafted two a ton of, ton of Iloa. I will say this, though, and Jason and I had talked about it yesterday. The Dolphins' offensive line gave up six sacks last, last Sunday, but I can promise you, move, moving forward, I really don't see that hap- happening. And, it, and I don't really see that happening no longer. Um, we, Jason and I had mentioned that, and it was quite obvious if you had watched the, the duration of the game, that Tua hung on to the, uh, to the, the ball too long. Now, whether that, that's just nerves, you got to remember, Tua is a, uh, is, is, is a rookie. He was drafted this, this past April. I mean, it hasn't even been a full year. It's been a full year since his – almost career-ending hip injury at Alabama, but it hasn't even been a full year. It's under his first NFL organization. He's learning a new playbook, new offensive coordinator. I think just Dolphin fans just have to take it a little bit slow because it's just funny when Tua has a great start like he did in week nine against, against the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody was like, oh, look, the Dolphins found their hopeful franchise change in quarterback. Now you flash forward two weeks later – he has probably his worst outing of his short career, and now everyone's wondering why the Dolphins' general manager, Chris Greer, and head coach Brian Flores didn't draft Justin Herbert. And I do want to mention this, too. As you said, he is a rookie, and there have been several quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks that have been benched as well. And namely, I want to name one, which rings a bell to the Dolphins. Uh, have you guys heard of Drew Brees? Hello? Marty Schottenheimer pulled him three to four times. and within his first two to three years 
um, as a quarterback. And Drew um, mentioned this, and I heard this over on the Locked on Dolphins uh, podcast. Shout out to Kyle Krabs. Drew Brees said this was helpful for his development as a quarterback. A Hall of Fame quarterback is telling him that a benching like this made him learn, made him grow into the player he is today just because he got benched due to poor performance. And we saw Tua did not have the best performance against Denver. Uh, he was holding the ball a little bit too long. He was looking at it at his second and third third read as well when his first read wasn't there. He wasn't able to get the ball out as quickly as we'd hoped. And now he's out with a thumb injury. And there's people saying, oh, it's a thumb injury. He should be able to power, power through it. Have you tried to throw a football with a thumb injury as oh, is <laughs> with, with your throwing hand? It hurts. It hurts. So let's just – all good things come with patience, Dolphins fans. And let me just say this. Have patience. Have solace. Let's get this dub against the Jets and then worry about the Bengals. The coaching staff knows what it's doing. This is Brian Flores we're talking about. This isn't Matt Patricia. This isn't Josh McDaniels. This is Brian Flores we're talking about. The guy who held the Rams to three points in the Super Bowl. The guy who dismantled Jared Goff in Week 9. The guy who won against Kyler Murray. And let me also say this. Um, Tua's stats right now are better than Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson's right now through four games. And look where Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are right now. And I'll just end it at that. As always, guys, thank you for listening to the Saturday Scouting Combine. Let's get this dub against the um, winless New York Jets. And as always, fins up.